Thank you for listening to the Paradigm Podcast. Paradigm is a young adult ministry that exists to see lives changed by Jesus. For more information about Paradigm, go to ParadigmKC.com. We hope this message is inspiring and life-changing. Thanks for listening. Chelsea Glover. I am Chad Glover's wife. And so that's right. Yay. Um, I usually sit up there in the balcony somewhere with our three girls and we get look forward to coming each week and getting to cheer our man on. We do a little cheer at our house and we say, Chad, Chad, you are rad. Chad, Chad, you make us glad. And so we're his little cheerleaders. And um, I usually see the back of y'all's head. So it's awesome to see your awesome faces this evening. So, so excited that y'all are here. And I always tell Chad, it's like, you know, I've been listening to him preach, I think over a decade now, and I still haven't heard a bad sermon yet. And so I keep waiting for it. But I tell him he is gifted by the Lord. And it's awesome, too, because not only do we get to hear him um, preach the Word of God, but then we also get to see him live it at home. And so it's just a privilege. I feel like I learn from him every week when I come here, but then also I get to learn from him at home as well. And so, so excited that y'all are here. I know there's tons of other things that you could be doing tonight, but you made the choice to come here to worship God and to open up your Bibles and, and to learn about our awesome God. So excited. Give your neighbor a high five and say, way to go. Oh, that was, that was good. Isn't that fun? Or a fist bump, whatever y'all want to do. Um, one of my greatest prayers for, for my girls is that they could learn to listen to the voice of God. And we're doing this series right now called Voices. And, and we want to be in tune to what are the wrong voices? Because how easy is it to hear negative wrong voices and then dwell upon the wrong voices that breathe lies, lies into our lives? And so I'm trying to help our girls at their young age try to figure out this is the wrong voice, this is the lie, don't listen to it. Instead, here is a godly voice, and this is the truth, and this is what we should be listening to. And so tonight's message is called the Name the Lie, Insert the Truth. This kind of sounds like a game, like we should have up here, like, which one is a lie? And then replace it with the truth. I don't know. Um, but, but we're not playing a game. That's for some other time. But we are going to look at what are the lies that the enemy is telling us, and then what is the truth that we should be replacing it with. John 10, 10 is such an awesome verse. It says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And so the thief that they're talking about in the scripture is Satan. He wants to come, and he's going to speak over you lies. If he, if he says anything, it's a lie. Satan can't tell the truth. And so he is, there's a voice of Satan that's speaking lies into our lives. And he wants us to believe those lies, let them become labels in our lives, so then he can still kill and destroy whatever we got going on in our life. And I know in my life, I've seen him, him do destruction. But I love what Jesus says after this says, I came Jesus came so that we can have life and have it abundantly. And so what I want us to be able to do is like, man, listen to the voice of God. Because what he is telling us is truth. He can only speak truth. And he wants to give us life and life abundantly. That's why we're at Abundant Life Church, right? Because we want abundant life. But it comes from, from this verse right here. So it's great. Uh, but I help us illustrate this uh, little illustration here. We got this this thing right here. Anyone know what this is? 
wow, we got one person. I'm so proud of you. I know this is like a really fancy label maker. I never had one like this when I was a kid. But yeah, so this is a label maker. And I pre-made a few labels. They're really name tags, but I'm going to pretend like my label maker made them. And so just to kind of get to know y'all a little bit tonight, because I don't, I don't know y'all that much. So how many of y'all, um, or maybe our CrossFit people, any of y'all wear the label CrossFit? Y'all just walk in here and y'all are super fit. This is definitely not me. I work out, you know, maybe 30 minutes a couple times a week. But we got CrossFit people up in here. What about some dog parents? Any dog parent people? Oh, wow. There's, there's some dog lovers up in here. I dropped my girls off at a friend's house, and they just got a new puppy at this friend's house. And I'm like, that's how we have pets. You go play with your friend's pets. So they're becoming dog lovers tonight while I am here. What about influencers? We got any influencers? Or people who want to be influencers, like you want this to be your label, so you're trying really hard. But, but we have labels. So that, that's about y'all. But I, I was going to introduce you all some of my labels. One of my labels that I like, I am a Christmas lover. And so I love Christmas. I'm the happiest Christmas tree. Ho, 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 he, he, he. Y'all know that song? It's a really old-timey song. Anyways, we just watched The Grinch on Sunday, like the, the newer movie Grinch. It's really funny. I really like it. Um, another label that I have is... This right here is a, is a beauty right here. This is Chad's face. I don't know. Can y'all see that up there? Look at that. So when he played college football, this is what I would wear to his football games. <laughs> and um, I would cheer him on. He, he's my hunk of a man. So anyways, I'm known as Chad's wife. That's one of my labels. And I love it. On my back it says, go Chad, because you are rad. Yeah, so, you know, I like being a little cheerleader of my man, because I am his wife. And then if you haven't noticed yet, by the way that I talk, I am from the great state of Texas, right? And so I am a Texan. You can take me out of Texas, but you can't take the Texas out of me. But no worries, because I love Missouri. All you people from Missouri, I love Missouri. And I call it my home. And so I go back to Texas, and I say, well, I got to go back home to Missouri. And then Chad made this. So if you don't know, Chad does leather work. But isn't he so good? I mean, he's a very talented man. And then I also graduated from Texas A&M. So gig em, Aggies fight. It's a cool, cool school. All right, so those are some of my labels. We've talked about your labels. We've talked about my labels. Um, but my, my question for you is who has the right to label something, right? So the first person who has the right to label something is the maker. Like I said, Chad, he made this, and he has the right to label it because he made it. Or maybe some of y'all are artists and you like to paint, and so you sign your name on your painting because you made it. And then also the owner. Like if you own something, you have the right to label it. And so if I were to come up in your house and start labeling your cabinets and your drawers, you would probably be like, what are you doing? This is my house. You don't own it. So owners can label things and then purchasers. So if you buy like a book at the store or a baseball glove or whatever you got, you can label it because you purchased it. So would y'all agree that if you made something, you own something, or you purchase something that you have the right to label it? Would y'all agree? Yes. Thank you. Y'all are such great students. I like it when y'all talk back to me. So thank you. So the next question that I'm going to ask you has the power to change your life. Who has the right to label you? God, we got an A plus student in the back. All right. So yes, who has the right to label you? Because we have all come in here tonight with a label. And I don't know if you gave yourself that label or if someone else gave you that label, but we have all come in here with a label. 
Some of those labels are painful labels. Some of those are good labels. I know I came in here uh, with, with a label of, of reject. And so what has happened in my life, there have been certain seasons in my life, well, there it goes. There have been certain seasons in my life where I've invested in a group of people. I've spent quality time with them. I've put energy, effort, time in, into developing these relationships. Then all of a sudden I see these people that I'm trying to form a relationship with, like they all hanging out and I didn't get the invite. And it's like, well, I am a reject. And I start thinking, okay, well, what, what's wrong with me? Why didn't they want to hang out with me? Why are they all hanging out with each other? And then I'm over here all by myself. And they're over there having the party. But I just turned my, my lone party into a, a, a own party. Um, but but I, I put this name of reject. Or I've had some critical conversations in my life with people. Not necessarily sin issues, but just like personality differences. And those made me feel like a reject. So once again, this lie that I start hearing in my head, which the lie comes from the enemy, from the devil, it's not true, but the lie that I start hearing is, you're a reject. Nobody likes you. Nobody wants to be your friend. And if I start dwelling upon the lie of reject, then that voice becomes a label that I wear. And then that label of reject becomes the identity that I walk in if I leave it here. But what about you? Have you ever felt like a reject before? Have you ever been rejected in a relationship, gone through a breakup and thought, well, what's wrong with me? Why did they break up with me? Or have you ever been rejected by your community group? Maybe you were part of a group and then it dissolved and you felt rejected by the people in your community group. Or maybe you felt rejected by a family member and they, they have verbally told you, hey, I, I don't want to be around you. And you've been rejected by people that you love, people that you've in, invested in, people that have invested in you. And man, the sting of rejection hurts. It, it cuts deep down. And, and I know when we get rejected, we have two responses of what we can do. The, the first thing that we could do is just sit in that rejection and be like, you're right, I'm a loser. No one wants to be with me. And you start dwelling upon that, and that is a downward spiral, and it gets nowhere, real, nowhere good real fast. Or you can understand, hey, I've been rejected, and that hurt, but that's not who I am. And you can name the lie of reject and insert truth, but we ain't there yet, so hold on. All right, um, another <laughs> one that I have worn is not enough. Man, I hate this label of not enough. Um, and, and if, I, if I'm being honest with y'all tonight, right now, like the past couple of months, this one has been eating my lunch, all right? But I, I would even go back to, to when I was a teenager. So I grew up in this, um, as a, in a Christian home. And so I was this good Christian girl. I had that label. And so I thought, because I was this good Christian girl, that I had to be perfect all the time. And that I couldn't ever let people know when I was struggling because I was 
the good Christian girl. And uh, growing up, I was, I was skinny. And so I was the skinny good Christian girl. So these are labels that people gave me. They don't sound like, like awful labels. It's like, oh, wow, what a rough childhood. You were the good Christian girl that was skinny. But here's the deal. We think that good, we, we think we want these good labels. But it's not about like good or bad labels. Because whether you're really good labels can still lead to really strong bondage in your life. So good or bad labels, it doesn't matter. We want the right labels of what God tells about us because my, my good labels that I had led me to some pretty serious bondage in my life. And so I thought that, you know what, I had to be skinny and I couldn't gain weight because then I would lose my label that I had, right? Have you ever felt that way? Like maybe you're the fun person and so you're like, oh, I got to keep being fun so then I don't get the, the label of not being fun. So then you start compromising and doing stuff that you shouldn't be doing so that you can still be labeled as the fun person. Anyways, so I was the, the skinny person. And so I started thinking about, okay, what do I need to do so that I stay skinny? And I started being controlled. Like my thoughts during the day were completely self-focused about working out eating the right kind of food, eating, not eating this food. And then if I ate this food, I would feel guilty. And then if I didn't work out, then I would feel guilty. There was like no joy in my life because I was so consumed, number one, with self and image, which, yeah, okay, we do need to be healthy and take care of the temple of God. But when you are so concerned about your image, then it takes all joy from your life. And because I was this good little Christian girl, I couldn't let people know that I was struggling. And so I didn't ask for help. And so I got deeper and deeper in bondage and I started purging myself and it just was not, it was not healthy. It came to a place where it was not healthy in my life. And I realized number one, skinny can never be skinny enough. Number two, good can never be good enough. And number three, I could never be self-controlled enough to be who I wanted to be. And so I knew that I could never be good enough in life until I had to start asking for help. I had to humble myself and ask for help. But I wonder for you tonight, how have you come here and here? What areas do you feel not good enough? Are you not skinny enough or not curvy enough? Are you not strong enough or are you not rich enough? Are you not smart enough? And so what are you not enough of? Because what happens in our fleshly nature is that if we're not good enough for something, or we're like, man, no one's going to love me. I'm not good enough to be loved. And if I'm not good enough for other people to love me, then how could a God love me? But, and so then we start thinking, well, I'm not good enough for God either. These are lies, lies, lies that are coming down. And when we operate out of the flesh, then we're going to try to prove ourselves to prove that we're enough. So it's like, man, I'm just going to start working all the time to prove that I'm good enough in this job. Or I'm going to start working all the time to get all this money to prove to others that I'm rich enough. And I'm going to buy these big, fancy, expensive cars. I'm going to buy these expensive clothes. So then when people see me, they're like, oh, they're rich enough. Or you're going to study really hard so you can get the best grades, so you can get the best job, so they can be like, wow, she's smart enough. He's smart enough. Or you're going to start serving in the church and you're going to serve in all these places and do all these good deeds. So they're like, wow, she's spiritual enough. You're trying to prove your spirituality. You're trying to prove your goodness. But at the end of the day, can we ever prove ourselves? Are we ever going to be enough? No, we're human. At what point do our striving cease and do we realize I can never be enough? 
And so the label that I wore was not enough because of the voice that was in my head, the lying voice that led to bondage in my life that said, I'm not enough. And it started becoming my identity. And I took care of that when I was younger. And then it's crazy how like you kind of get over this, this label and you get over this identity. And then later on in life, it starts coming back at you. And then the lies started coming again, but in different areas of my life. It's like, you're not enough as a mom. You're not enough as a wife. You're not enough as a Christian. And so just getting all of these, you're not enough, but they're lies. And so what I've had to do recently in my life is name the lie and replace it with truth, which we ain't, we ain't getting to the truth yet, but we're, we're getting there, all right? So that, that was another one of my labels. And another label that I've given myself is slave. Man, there have been seasons in my life where I have felt like a slave to fear. Fear has been like concrete around my feet, and I felt like I was a prisoner. I couldn't move. I couldn't break free. I was stuck. Fear had a hold of me. And I had no hope of ever having peace or freedom. But that was a lie. But I wondered tonight, what, what is keeping you a slave tonight? Are you, a, do you feel like you're a slave to lust? Or do you feel like you're a slave to addiction? Or maybe you're a slave to money. Or maybe you're a slave to goodness. Maybe you're a slave just to wanting people's approval. Or maybe you're a slave to anger and bitterness. And you have so much bitterness and anger in your heart, you feel like peace is never an option. You feel like you're a slave to it. I understand because I have felt like a slave at times. And when I listen to the voice that tells me you're a slave, the lie that I'm a slave, it becomes the label that I wear. And then it becomes the identity that I walk in and it starts determining the choices that I make and who I am. It leads to nowhere good when I wear the labels of the lies of the enemies. So do y'all think that labels that I have impacted my life? Totally. And the labels that you walked in here tonight with, good or bad labels, they're impacting your life each and every day. The choices that you make, what you do, who you talk to, who your friends are, where you go, they're all determined by the labels that you wear. And these are determined by the voices that you're listening to. And so tonight, I wonder, what label did you walk in here tonight with? Man, do you feel worthless? Maybe your mama told you when you were a little girl or a little boy, you're worthless. You'll never amount to anything or your daddy told you that. And so as a little kid, you heard that you were worthless and you would never amount to anything. And so now for 20 years, you've been believing the lie that you're worthless. And so you're willing to settle for any guy or any girl who would date you, who would make you feel loved because you're carrying around a label and an identity of worthless. You're believing a lie. And it's going to still kill and destroy your life. Or maybe you came in here tonight with the label of stupid or ugly. Man, middle school can be rough. And maybe in middle school someone called you stupid or they called you ugly. And so that's been the voice that you've been hearing in your head. And you've been pushing replay, replay. And it's just become a part of who you are. And so you are never, you feel stuck. Like you're never going to feel beautiful or you're never going to feel smart. 
But here's the deal. Even if your label is beautiful, did you know that then people have this this feeling that they need to keep up their beauty? And so then they're so self-focused to try to keep up their beauty. Because one thing I know is that beauty fades. We get old. We get wrinkled. We get gray hair. I got lots of this wisdom coming in. And, And so it's coming for us all. We can't deny age is coming. Beauty fades. And so we just got to be like, okay, I'm okay with beauty, ugly, whatever. I know that I'm a child of God. Or did you come in here tonight with with maybe a better identity like successful? Like you're that successful person. And everyone around you knows, wow, they're so successful. And, And this creates something inside of us that feels like, man, I don't need anybody. It creates this pride in us that says, I don't need you. I don't need God. I'm good. I'm successful. And that label isn't going to help us out in life either. And, or maybe you're the opposite of successful. Maybe you have the label of failure. And you have failed in the past and people have called you a failure. And so you're so scared to take the next step and try again because you're living the lie that you're a failure. So where, where are you tonight? What label did you walk in here tonight And whose voice are you listening to in your head that is telling you those lies and those labels that are defining you and they're creating your identity? Because labels are powerful things. Now, your answer to the next question I'm going to ask you has the power to change your life. I asked it earlier. I'm going to ask it again. Who has the right to label you? Are all these voices that you're hearing in your head, you're, I mean, I can be my worst critic. Do I have the right to label myself? Do I have the right to tell myself these lies? Or does your mommy or your daddy or your coworkers or your aunt or your uncle, your friends, your community group, wherever you're at, do they have the right to label you? Do they have the right to be the voice in your head telling you who you are? God is the only one who has the right to label you because God made you, he owns you, and he purchased you. There's some awesome verses about how God made us. In Genesis 1, it's this whole creation account. I love it. If you haven't read Genesis 1, it's amazing. 1, 2, and 3, I love the beginning of the Bible. And um, it talks about how God, he created everything. On On the sixth day, then he created man. And he fashioned man out of dirt. And then it says that he breathed life into man. And then he fashioned woman from man. He took the rib from the man and he made the woman. And what's crazy is that the world is going to tell you a lie. And it's going to say, we just evolved from apes. Well, if we just evolved from apes, then what's our purpose? Why are we here? I would feel worthless if I evolved from an ape because there's no purpose for me. But if you believe that lie, then then you're going to go down that path of what's my purpose? I'm unloved. But if you believe the truth of what God says about you, that he created you. And it says in, in Jeremiah that he knew you before he formed you in your mother's womb. Man, God knit you together. It says in Psalms 139 that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. He formed you and, you're, and he knew you. You have a creator who loves you dearly. He made you and he made you with a purpose. It says that you are, in Ephesians, that we are, it says in Ephesians 2.10, that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. 
Man, God created you with a high calling. He created you for good works. But if we're believing these lies of we're worthless, we're failures, or we're successful on our own, then we're going to miss out on this huge calling that God has for us, that you are loved, you are valuable. God made you, and he made you with a purpose for good works, to exalt his name and to bring him glory. So God made you. He made me, and he doesn't make mistakes. He loves you. He made you. God owns you. Psalms 24.1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it which is so cool. Who owns the trees out there? God owns the trees. Who owns the mountains? God owns the mountains. Who owns all the gold and the silver? God does. Who owns all the people on the earth? God does. We're on the earth, and it says everything on the earth is the Lord's. God owns us. He made us. He owns us. And then third, he purchased us. 1 Corinthians 6.20, you are not your own, you are bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus. Man, this verse is incredible. And if you would let the, the truth of these words sink into your life, it would change you forever. That we are not our own, but we are bought with a price. I fully understood this right before I started high school. I was at a summer camp, and I remember the the pastor, he was sharing the gospel. And for the first time I understood, because up until then I was like, well, I'm, I'm pretty good, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I haven't done all these like huge things, but, but I'm pretty good. But then they were talking about how like even our goodness is like filthy rags compared to God. And they're talking about how holy and perfect and set apart God is. And just one sin is enough to keep us from God. And the more I understood about God's goodness and God's holiness, the more I understood about my badness and my non-holiness and how my need for a Savior. I understood there is this huge gap and there is no way that I could ever get to God because I was a sinner. And in order to be with God, I had to be perfect. And I understood right before I started high school, I am not perfect. And so that is when I decided to give my life over to Christ, because I knew that through, through the precious blood of Jesus, through the cross, he made a way for me to get to God. And that is when my life changed. And when I decided to start following Christ, and I was like, God, I'm going to live for you and not myself, it completely changed me from the inside out. It changed my identity. It changed my purpose in life. It gave me so much joy, and it gave me fulfillment. Now, there are hard times, yes, but I can look back and see a change in my life, and I felt so, so loved. And have I struggled since then? Yes, but I can go back to this defining moment where I understood that God loved me, and I had to place my faith in Jesus to get over to a right relationship with him. So it's through the precious blood of Jesus that he bought us. And that's a pretty high price. Like the value of something is determined by the price paid for it. And man, God gave his only son to be brutally murdered so that we could have a relationship with him. We're sinners. We're nothing. But God loved us so much that he was willing to lay down his child for us. And Jesus was innocent. He did nothing wrong. I think about that like now that I'm a parent, I'm like, I don't know if I could lay down my child for somebody. That, that's, that's pretty, that's the next level. And I'm not there. But God, he was totally there. And he had a plan even before he created us that his son would die 
for us. And when I understood the deep love that he had for me, that he purchased me, that I'm valuable because he was willing to give his one and only son for me, like, why would you do that, God? That makes no sense. But he did it. And so I know that I am purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. I am a child of God. And if you aren't, if you haven't made that decision tonight, like, like why wait? Become a child of God. The next few things that we're going to talk about are for children of God. Your identity can be completely changed. You can replace lies with truth. When you're a child of God, there's so much freedom that comes when you're a child of God. And so if you haven't done that, find someone after this, and they'll talk further with you about becoming a child of God. And then if you are already a child of God, man, these next labels, they're for you. And I hope that they bring life. So how does God label his children? How does God label you? Ephesians 1.4 says that he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Man, I tell you what, I love God's word. It is so powerful in our lives that he chose us in, in him as the in Christ. In Christ, he chose us. And all the time, I'm like, God, why did you choose me? Like, I wouldn't choose me if I, if I had to, but he chose us. And not even like after he saw how he, we would turn out. It's not like he was like, well, I'll see how, how she turns out. Maybe around 20, I'll see if she's, she's good enough for me. No, it says that he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So before he created the world, he chose me. Like that blows my mind. And he chose you before the foundation of the world. If he even knew you, well, he knew you before that. But, but I mean, he actually, actually, God already knew how we would turn out too. But still, he chose us. He, all of our messes, all of our mistakes, he chose us. And here, he chose us with a purpose, that we could be holy and without blame before him in love. I love this verse because what happens? If we don't rest in the truth, insert the truth, okay? I, I, my, right here, my, my reject, okay? You got to take this lie off. This lie is not the truth. And so what you got to do is, well, sorry, I guess. So I got to take off my lie. My lie is reject. And instead, I'm going to put on the truth that I am chosen, and so what happens, there's a battlefield for our mind. So every time that reject comes into my mind, I'm like, that is a lie. I name the lie. I'm like, God, that is not true. I am not a reject because in you it says in Ephesians 4, 1, that I am chosen. And so I insert the truth each and every time. I don't dwell upon the lies. And I'm training my girls up to do this right now. We talk about this probably every other night. That's not true. This is true. Get rid of the lie. Insert the truth. And so in him... We are chosen. But here's the deal. If we don't live by the truth and claim the label of chosen, then we're going to look to other people to choose us. And as we look to other people to get them to accept us and get them to like us, we're going to start making compromises. And we are not going to live holy and without blame, which is what this verse says. But, and holy is like this, this word that means set apart from sin, right, and pure. And so... What happens though, if I claim the truth that I'm chosen by God, then I can walk in holiness and in purity because I know that God chooses me. So I don't have to compromise to get all these other people to choose me because God chooses me. The, the other lie that, that I have believed was not enough. And there's this great verse in Ephesians 1, 7 that says, In him 
We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. I love that verse because in him, all this goes back to Jesus. You know, the cross is so important. So in Jesus, we have been redeemed by his blood. And so you know what I found out is that the truth is, these are really strong little sticky things right here. I guess I should have stuck them together. I should probably work out some more. I'm not, I'm not enough to get the stickers off, obviously. But I am. In Jesus, I'm enough. I need my new label. Okay, so in him, I am enough because he has redeemed me through his blood. He has forgiven my sins. So many times we'll beat ourselves up. It's like, man, look at all the, the mistakes I've made. Look at all this. I'm never going to be enough. But God is like, it's all good because my Jesus, he died for you. And when you believe in him and put your faith in him and surrender to me, then you get covered in Jesus's righteousness. And so now when God looks at us, he doesn't see us. He sees Jesus's righteousness covering over us. And it's Jesus's righteousness that makes me enough. On my own, I am never enough. The strivings have got to cease. And you've got to rest in the truth that I have been forgiven by God. I am redeemed and I am enough because I am covered in the righteousness of Christ. And God is pleased with me. And that liberated me. So name the lie. The lie is I'm not enough. The truth is in Christ, I am enough. And walk in that identity. Quit trying to prove yourself. And rest in your identity in a child of the king. And then the last one. The, the lie that I believed was that I'm a slave. And the truth of the matter is, I am not a slave. The truth of the matter is that I am free. It talks about in, in John 8, 30, 31, 32, 36, it's, it's quite a few verses, but they're short. So it says that Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Man, these are like power verses. Jesus said, but here's the deal. He said, if you hold to my teaching, the choice is ours. We can choose, once you become a Christian, once you become a child of God, the truth of the matter is that you're free. And so when we become a slave, it's because we choose to be a slave. We choose to listen to the lies that lead us to slavery, and to bondage. But now that we, we are believers, it says, if you hold in my teachings, man, the Bible is full of great truth, not to keep us bound, okay? Being a Christian is so fun. I love being a Christian. Now, is it hard at times? Totally. There's a lot of times God is like, you need to do this. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. But he's like, well, it's the best option for you. And I'm like, okay. I'll go do it. Uh, but, but there's this tug and war, right? But it's always better if I just surrender. But he's got all these awesome truths in there. And it's so fun. Like I have a great time every day being a Christian. I love it because I know ultimately that I'm chosen, I'm enough, and I'm free in Christ. And so it's the best, best place to be is right there. But it says, if you hold to my teaching. So number one, we got to know what his teachings are. So we got to read the Bible. It's such a privilege. People have given their lives in order for us to have the Bible. And so at least we could at least read it. If someone died to give us this Bible, at least we could read it. But it's so liberating. When you read God's word, it, it just makes your life better. That's all I can say about that. So you got to understand what his teaching is so you can keep it. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the 
truth will set you free. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And so tonight, we are free. But, but here's, here's what happens. So we get these strongholds in our lives. When we start believing these lies, man, that I'm a slave, I'm a reject, I'm not enough, I'm a failure, I'm ugly, whatever the lie is, we start building up this stronghold. Now, a stronghold is a place that has been fortified as to protect itself against attack. So the more you build, man, I'm a failure, I'm a reject, I'm a li- uh, I'm, you're building up the, this stronghold in your life of lies. It, but here's what happens. When you get the truth of God, what this saying, the truth will set you free. This is our weapon. We have the sword, the, the Bible's called the sword of the spirit. And so it's like we're going to battle right now, right? And so you got this stronghold. It's the wrong way of thinking that you have built up over time. And it is fortified and it is strong. So here's the deal. In my life, when it came to fear, I started getting all these Bible verses. One of my favorite Bible verses was Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. So whenever fear came creeping in my, my mind and in my heart, I would be like, you, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. And I, it's like launching something at the, the fortified stronghold that I have a fear over there. And I would say this verse over and over and over again. And I would attack and attack and attack that stronghold until it fell down. Because God's word is powerful and God's word is true. And once I could tear down that stronghold of the lies of that I'm a slave to fear, I started building a new stronghold up. And that stronghold says the Lord is a stronghold. And there is no one more powerful than our God. And there is no one more powerful than his word. And so when I start building up strongholds according to the word of Christ, man, no one can penetrate that. The enemy can't even attack that. But it doesn't happen overnight because we built these lies up slowly over years. And so don't grow weary. When we have these strongholds that we got to take down, you keep, keep assaulting the enemy. And you keep saying, Satan, you better duck and cover because I'm launching these, these scriptures at you. And as you keep launching repetitively, pray over them, fast over them, and get these truths of the scripture and take down those strongholds. Take ground over your mind. Take ground over your heart. There is a war going on for our souls. And the enemy wants to still kill and destroy everything in your life. And he's getting you through your mind. We're having issues up here because we are building up strongholds based on lies. But tonight it says, the truth will set you free. Get your scripture, take ground, and build up a new stronghold based upon the truth of God's word. And if you need help finding scriptures, man, Bible Gateway is awesome. I just go in and I type in fear and all these verses come up. Or I'll type in peace and all these verses come up. Whatever your stronghold is, go to Bible Gateway. Type it in and get all these verses and pick out your favorite ones. Write them down on paper. Pray them. Quote them. Attack the negative strongholds in your life so that you can be free. Freedom, it's yours for the taking. You just got to choose it day in, day out. So you got to take off the lie of slave and replace it with truth, the voice of truth that says that I am free. And then you have a new label of free and then you walk in that freedom and then you have a new identity as free. So what lie do you need to replace tonight? What label is built upon lies? Is it failure? Is it successful? Is it reject? 
Is it slave? Worthless? Whatever lie, it's from the enemy. And you've got to take back ground. Insert the truth of what God says about you. So many of us in here, we have a deaf ear to the voice of God because we've never given our lives over to Christ. So tonight, may you do that. May you open up your heart and your mind to a new relationship of surrender to Jesus Christ. Then others of us in here, man, we've just silenced the voice of our Heavenly Father. And we're trying to to get affirmation from all these other people and all these other places and all these other things because we've silenced him. Maybe return to your father and say, God, what what do you say about me? Because that's really what, what matters is what you say about me. And don't silence him anymore. Open up your ears, open up your heart to what God says. And his best way to do that is in his word. There are so many great verses about how he loves you and what he's done for you. But all of this is going to have to happen through repentance. Repentance is to change your thinking. It's like I was pursuing sin. Now I'm going to come over here and I'm going to pursue Christ. I love Psalm 5110. It says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. What's so cool about this, create in me a clean heart, this is the same word used for create like back in Genesis 1. It's like when God created the world, he created everything from nothing. Now, I could create like a little cool thing. If I had like straws and Play-Doh and stuff like that, I could create something because I had my utensils to create it. But that's just man. Man can create cool things because we got cool things to use. But God, who is awesome, he created everything from nothing. And it says with that same power, it says, create in me a clean heart. He's going to create a clean heart in us from nothing. Because here's the truth, is that God does not form clean hearts in us with existing materials of righteous acts and self-discipline. Because really, there's nothing good inside of me. There's nothing good inside any of us. And so in order to make us a clean heart, he's got to get that out of nothing. Because there's nothing good that dwells inside of us. And we can't try hard enough. But God creates pure hearts from nothing in response to our sincerest repentance and desire to be pure before him. So how bad do you want it? Are you, are you willing to do the work of repentance to be broken over our sin so we can come purely before God and say, God, change us. Create a new thing in me. I can't create a clean heart on my own. I don't have the power to because I got nothing good in me to create something clean. But God in his awesomeness can create clean hearts out of the nothing that is inside of me. But we simply have to come and we gotta humble ourselves and say, God, I repent. I'm sorry for how I've broken your heart. All of our sin is against God. And we have to understand that we've broken his heart and, and say, I'm sorry confess it and repent of it and return back to our Father so that we can hear his voice, to awaken his voice again in our lives. And so my hope and prayer for you tonight is that you will name the lies in your lives and insert the truth of God into those and walk in the freedom that he has for you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, you are awesome 
And you are a great creator. God, we just didn't happen by accident. God, each and every person in here, you formed and fashioned in their mother's womb. And you knew them before you created the world. You had a plan for them. And so thank you so much for your creativity and your love. God, I pray that we would rest in our identity as a child of you. God, if there's anyone here tonight who doesn't know you, God, I pray that they would become Christians tonight. They would become a child of God. They would get a new identity tonight, God, that they could be a a child of you. There's no better identity in the world than to be a child of you. God, it has changed my life from the inside out. And for those of us who already have a relationship with you, but we've been silencing your voice in our lives, God, I pray that we would repent of that. We'd be open to hearing your voice, that we would dive into the, your word that you've given us. We would hear what you say about us. Let us quit trying to prove ourselves. Let us quit trying to get attention and affirmation from other people, but let us rest in the identity of what you say about us. And you say that we are chosen. You say that we are a new creation in you. The old is gone and the new has come. In you, we are new. And so let us claim the truth of what you are speaking over us, God. Let each and every person in here understand the lie they've been leaving, living and replace that with truth and replace it with labels of what you say about them and walk in the identity of what you say is true about them. You're awesome. It's in your mighty name we pray, Jesus. Amen.